Hello friends, my name is Wade Panluster and today I'll be teaching from Matthew 15, 1-20. This week when I was preparing and doing my studying, I was inspired by a really amazing quote that I'm going to share with you later, and also by a conversation I had with my wife Joanna when we were talking about some of our favorite movies and one of our favorite directors, Cameron Crowe, who used to be a writer for Rolling Stone magazine. Every time that Cameron Crowe makes a movie, he uh, makes a playlist sort of to play on set to sort of set the mood or the tone or the spirit of the movie that he's making. And I thought that was a really great idea um, because this passage is so strong and so wonderful and has such great themes of justice. As your church DJ, I decided that I'd make you a playlist as well, um, which I will share the link with you at the end and maybe even we'll put it in the... Uh, YouTube description down below when this gets posted. More about that later. Uh, first of all, let's get to the text. Okay, so here we go. Matthew 15, 1-20 from the New Living Translation. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. And they asked him, Why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father and mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you, for I vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say, they don't need to honor their parents, and so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are from far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commandments from God. Then Jesus called the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you said? Jesus re replied, Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted, so ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind, and if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. Then Peter said to Jesus, Explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Don't you understand yet? Jesus asked. Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. Wow. Uh, cue the Rage Against the Machine track right there. Uh, hey, there's a lot in that passage, isn't there? Oh, where to begin? Here's the quote that inspired me this week as I was doing my preparation and studying. It's from Dr. Miranda Pillay, who is a theoethical feminist Bible scholar of color from South Africa. And Dr. Pillay says this, With reference to Matthew 15, one may argue that the key to understanding the good news of the kingdom of heaven is to hear Jesus' call to rethink righteousness. Boundaries that serve to exclude others are to be redrawn. 
This would necessitate moving from righteousness as a concept, which justifies exclusion, to righteousness as a concept of justice. In response to injustices resulting from racism, Jew versus Gentile, classism, clean versus unclean, sexism, man versus woman, or ageism, adult versus child. Wow, nice one, Dr. Pillay. Lot to think of there. When looking at any Bible passage, it's very important to ask ourselves who was the original audience that was intended for this and what was the context in what they were hearing it. And that's really easy. Uh, this was written by Matthew, who was one of the disciples, who was Jewish. It was delivered to people who were Jewish uh, in a Jewish concept. Uh, and it would have been mind-blowingly radical to them to hear such honestly inflammatory words. We know this because in the passage, Peter comes to Jesus after he has dropped this bombshell on them and said, um, are you aware that the Pharisees were offended? Which I think you could draw a lot of comedy in that, depending how you wanted to play that out. And Jesus is like, uh, yeah, of course. And then he says some very strong words about the blind leading the blind um, and drops this bomb about what is truly clean and unclean, that it is what comes out of our hearts that makes us clean or unclean. This idea that Jesus introduces of true righteousness is shown by our heart, by the words that comes out of our mouth, and that's what really makes you clean and unclean, it would have been shocking. It would have been so ridiculously controversial to the Pharisees, and it challenges us even today, because the Pharisees and the Jewish people had extremely clear, well-respected, no gray area rules about what made you clean or unclean. They had that dialed in and figured out. It was very easy to do. All you needed to do was follow these rules, do this, and you were good. And Jesus called them hypocrites. That reminds me of a, another time that we thought we had things totally dialed in and that the rules were very clear about who was in and who was out, what was clean, what was unclean, and that was the 80s. Oh, the 80s. What a wacky time to be an evangelical Christian. We had many leaders who were very well respected, who looked good, who said many things about what made you clean and unclean, gave us very clear rules about how to look, what to wear, what music to listen to, and exactly what we should and shouldn't do. Especially, you know, going to movies, listening to the wrong kind of music, playing the wrong kind of board games. And we thought we had it dialed in, and then many of those leaders had a giant falling from grace. There was, if you remember, there was one particular one who told his large TV audience that if he didn't receive a very large amount of money and donations towards his ministry, that Jesus would, you know, take him home and that he would die. And of course, he didn't receive the money and he didn't die. There was another leader who you'll remember who was indicted on fraud 
and went to jail for misuse of his donations. There was another leader who was very well respected, uh, who had an affair with a prostitute, and his ministry crumbled. You might also remember a very successful Christian comedian who had an enormous ministry, made a ton of money, was flying around in his own private plane warning us about how evil was around every corner. And if we listened to the wrong music or if we played, you know, role-playing board games, that that was, you know, how Satan was going to get us and we were all going to fall into this trap of Satanism. Of course, looking back on it now, the people who, you know, played all those board games didn't become Satanists. They became computer programmers and they became filmmakers and, quite frankly, are doing rather well for themselves. And it came out that he had made everything up, that the book that he wrote was essentially completely false, and he was exposed. I guess the question to ask us is, what was the motivation? What's the motivation behind the words of the Pharisees in this chapter when they come to Jesus and say, hey, guess what? Your disciples aren't towing the line. What's the motivation of our words and how do we judge what comes out of our mouth if we are clean or unclean? As opposed to following a long list of prescribed rules, Jesus makes it very, very clear. And I think that we can judge this according to the tools that we have been given, like the fruits of the Spirit. And of course, uh, Galatians 5.22 tells us um, that the Holy Spirit produces uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So here's my challenge for us today. Because of so much of what we say and what we believe and what comes out of our mouths is influenced by our cultural forces because we are just products of our culture. There's no way that you can escape that, just like how the Jews were the product of their culture at the time. So much of what we say or believe is influenced by what we've heard, by what we've read online, uh, by a post. My encouragement to us as we move towards true righteousness is to evaluate our sources according to the fruits of the Spirit. Is what we are listening to, is what we are posting online, does it promote um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness? Is it an old concept of righteousness that is based on exclusion? Or is it a new idea of Jesus's true righteousness, that true righteousness is inclusion, that our words show our heart? So, what are we listening to? What cultural forces are shaping us? Is it exclusive? Or is it inclusive, where Jesus came to break down those walls? to welcome tax collectors, prostitutes, sinners, Samaritans, foreigners, that all were welcome and that we're all held to the same standard of righteousness by what's truly in our hearts. That's 
a big challenge. And it's so hard because it breaks down all those really easy to follow rules and really gets to the heart of the matter, which is our spirit as expressed through our words and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I want to leave you with these questions. You can talk about this in your breakout groups. And if you wish, afterwards you can check out this YouTube playlist that I made for you, or not. You might like it, you might hate it. Doesn't really matter. Because, you know, if you don't like it, then make your own playlist. Challenge yourself. What's the messages? What inspires you towards true righteousness of the heart that influences your words? Thanks for listening.